Welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. Meg and I created this writing brand because we wanted to give authors a place to hang out, chat, and just generally be. The world needs more books. It needs your books. I'm Elle, a contemporary romance author. And I'm Meg, a dark romance author. Today, we are going to be talking about the sci-fi genre, and we have a very special returning guest, Matthew S. Romeo. Hello, I'm Matthew Romeo. I don't write romance. (laughs) I'm sorry to say that. This is you're gonna lose all of your listeners. Everyone's gone. We're gonna gain listeners that are like they're like, oh thank God, not romance. (laughs) But yes, uh, as a these wonderful ladies introduced, uh, I'm Matthew Romeo. I'm a science fiction and fantasy author. Um, I've gotten three. Uh, well, four books. Sorry, I keep forgetting about my fourth child. <laughs> oh my god, you have so many yeah, books I, you literally forgot about one. I, I yeah, I did. <laughs> I feel like a terrible dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have my Maven Knight trilogy, which is uh, science fantasy, and then my recent release of uh, Irenius, which is full on sci-fi. Um, uh, you can find all my books on Amazon. I am so like crazy excited about i'm gonna butcher this Uranus. it's okay because <laughs> it took me forever to figure out how it was pronounced too i used yeah. to call it Arrhenius, but apparently the greek pronunciation is Arrhenius. okay yeah well <laughs> i don't know about you but sometimes when i read like fantasy or sci-fi and there's like a name comes up i'm like <laughs> yeah that's gonna be the vibe the whole book but i am excited about it i'm gonna add it to my amazon cart like as we speak it is in it is in my amazon cart but i just have not hit by yeah it is totally understandable (laughs) we're all poor (laughs) we're authors (laughs) buy our merch we were just having this conversation too because you guys can't see me but my hair is currently the color burgundy and i wanted copper and I mean, you guys can guess how far apart those are. And I was like, I am of the poor. This will take some time to fix. Like, I'm an indie author. You need to start a GoFundMe page. Fix Megan's um, hair. Matthew, we've we've been given instructions. Meg needs a GoFundMe page created yeah. by us. Okay, so 30% I'll... of Matthew's <laughs> book sales will go to <laughs> I, I was just gonna put the picture of like a, a sad cat on there and, just... and we're we're playing Sarah McLaughlin yeah, in the Sarah background. McLaughlin. In the arms of angels. Oh Cause... man. Oh no. Oh, uh... no. I need well, as, as much as I love our banter, you know, we should probably <laughs> yeah. get this show going. We have a lot of content to go over. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, why don't you kick us off with like the mechanics of writing sci-fi since this is like your wheelhouse? 
Oh, right. Because, you know, since I'm the mechanic, that's what I've always wanted to be. One of those guys, you know, <laughs> gr gruff demeanor, you know, the soot stained arms, the guy that makes you pay extra when, you know, you don't want to pay extra getting your stuff fixed. All, all that extra money be... can go to Meg's hair. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to be the bard here, okay? But if this were a campaign, I would be romancing that guy. Like, I'd be like, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> please take all like? my money. <laughs> um, was it? Uh, you know, it's like that. I guess like that late thirties guy with like the salt and pepper hair, like the the chiseled jaw. God, like I'm selling it for me. That is my type yeah. on paper. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for him. <laughs> uh, give him some sort of accent, like. Oh, make it like, Irish. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna go with the Irish, Scottish, though, the Scottish or Irish. <laughs> oh gosh, face Irish. Okay, face Irish. <laughs> no, knowing space stuff it would be like this weird accent it'd be like filipino mixed with uh like <laughs> like japanese or something oh man that's like some firefly stuff where like everything like the language has like merged mm -hmm. together man yeah like they're, they're they're just speaking mandarin randomly throughout their sentences i would like to roll for initiative <laughs> uh -oh. and no is he hot <laughs> uh roll, roll your d20 see <laughs> If it's uh, 10 or lower, he's not that attractive. <laughs> uh, well, you know, shoot a shot, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, Please. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so see how I was able to like sell you on stuff just by techno babble. So, you know, that's kind of just one of the get goes of sci fi um, is, you know, if you're doing, if we're talking mechanics on sci fi. Um, especially for, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but when it comes to world building, because apparently that's all I'm good for these days. Aww, that's not true. <laughs> you make up words Thanks. like techno babble. I like and that. Kyle. Yeah, you are the founder of Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, I will take credit for techno babble predates me for by a long shot. <laughs> Listen, I gotta before you say this, I gotta tell you something, okay? Because you are responsible for Kyle, okay? <laughs> Once Which upon a night, just made the the Wadi shortlist for 2022, and the the guy in there is Kyle. I'm so proud. If not for you, <laughs> it wouldn't exist. You know, just well, and and you know, like just based on that, I've I've got a Kyle somewhere in the Outrider saga. Oh I just got I just so got to just got to drop him in somewhere. Ooh, <laughs> we I'm should excited. all do that. We should just continue to put Kyles in our books. Just spell I have no idea where a Kyle is going to go into my contemporary romances. Just like, call him oh, Kyle, you know. Yeah, I was about to say for for L, yours would just be regular Kyle. Yeah. Oh like, you boy. Know, just changing it slightly. Like right yeah. now, I actually I always put a Gregory in um, all my books or Greg because like that's my mentor's name and he he doesn't hate everything I write, but like you know he hates that his name's in it. So I always try to find like the most obnoxious like archetype that I can name him after. <laughs> So I can be like, and he's starting to ask, he's like, okay, which one's the Greg? And I'm like, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cause like my, my dad, uh, he's, uh, have either of you two seen Die Hard? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, yes. I feel like that was a dumb question, but sure you know how like there's that, uh, that quip of like Roy, like the Roy Rogers thing. My dad has yeah. always loved that line. 
yeah. for some reason. And so anytime I write something, he's like, is Roy in your book? <laughs> <laughs> and so in my third Maven Night book, I was finally like, you know what, dad? Yes, Roy is in this book. He's but finally spelled- made it to <laughs> But it's spelled R-O-I. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's got to be a sci-fi version. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have to create a Kyle love interest or Kyle yeah. something, Kyle best friend. I don't know. You could go crazy. You could be like Kylie. You could go, you know, oh. Kyler. You could oh, go Kyler. I've heard Ooh. of someone named Kyler, and that I know a person named Kyler. Oh, that's a terrible name. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off track. We should let I'm we should sorry. let Matthew. This always back. happens. Matthew, hey, talk. <laughs> I'm muting no, this myself. Is, this is what happens. We we come up with Kyles, and then we world build from that. <laughs> what do you expect yeah um so yeah just figure i'd go into detail on how to build uh some sci-fi in your world uh but usually i start uh from some technology or at least that's how i started uh for the outrider saga um but my suggestion for any upcoming authors excuse me especially for ones writing sci-fi um just start with basic uh modern items or ideas and just expand upon it because you know a lot of you know what science fiction is is just technology that we want to see improved um or like applied in futuristic uh, settings um you know for star wars um uh it's swords but they're lasers so <laughs> yeah i love like, how simple that is you're like they're swords but they're laser swords like exactly because like at one point in star wars they even call it a laser sword even though that's not the technical term and you yeah. know whoever said that should be you know scorned immediately <laughs> <laughs> i would call it that but yes <laughs> yes because you're, you're avoiding the trademark <laughs> no i just don't understand star wars <laughs> oh god you've it's, you've started it, her it, oh, it's okay <laughs> this is why you had to come on this show you understand like i, so I can do I can sci-fi okay l is contemporary writer <laughs> but that's that that's the nice balance though like getting that contemporary mindset versus you know those of us that we just we can't live in stay. a lofty fantasy yeah, we, world <laughs> I have to escape to fantasy or sci-fi to deal with the problems of contemporariness. Yeah, yeah. Your writing is too real for us, Elle. (laughs) I apologize. Take your laser sword and get out of here. (laughs) All right, I gotta go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Or your regular regular sword because it's contemporary. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your modern polished Damascus sword. Get out of here. That sounds like a great sword. I need. I that. know. I'm so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that that's a, kind of a lot of what I've done in uh, uh, in my works for like the the expansion of technology. Um, I guess an example for the Outrider Saga is nanotechnology, which mm-hmm. uh, it does exist in our world today. It's just in things you don't really think about. Big Hero like, Six. Yeah, Big Hero Six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but like uh, some computer like microchips like those those are made out of nanotechnology um there's uh certain health like uh, medical things that involve nanotechnology to repair skin cells and whatnot mm-hmm. um so i figured uh what if i took that but expanded upon it so that it's like oh yeah if you have like this ring that you just tap it transforms into like a uh 
into something that you can give yourself a healing salve or it can turn into a deadly weapon <laughs> because I would like that. to buy this is it on Amazon or <laughs> uh it's in the books which is technically on Amazon so <laughs> yeah yeah there you go yeah. it's on Amazon okay yeah <laughs> flawless plug yeah <laughs> that did um, work really well <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hone the the salesmanship, yeah. even though I'm so terrible at it. Um, no, it's perfect. This is exactly where you you do you you yeah. sell your stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um. So, but yeah. Um. From one of the most important lessons I learned, especially this past year, because uh, Irenius was hard sci-fi as opposed mm-hmm. to Maven Knight, which was soft sci-fi. Um, I had to learn a lot of the importantness of resource control in futuristic settings um, because uh, I've explained uh, well, like a few times before uh, I had a former NASA contact kind of telling me really what would be important yeah. in the future. And it wasn't like money or uh, like jewelry or whatnot. I, I think at one point I even thought that cryptocurrency was going to be the future, but he's just mm-hmm. like, no, that's stupid. Cryptocurrency is stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I finally had someone explain it to me and I still don't understand. I'm like, why is this like a hot commodity? I, I just don't, you know, I don't yeah. know. So it's only worth something if someone else thinks it's worth something. I'm like, I was not going to get this, but exactly. it's kind of like, like Dune vibes, you know, like, yeah, I'm know. not going to get that reference. I know. But... <laughs> one day. Yeah. One day. Maybe. One day. Probably not, but maybe. We'll we'll just pretend like one I don't day. know. If you mm-hmm. like I know you're not gonna read the book because let's be honest, that book is thick. And that book is really difficult to read. It um, is, yeah. It's not so much thickness. It's just like, am I interested in the content that's in there? Like, am I gonna be able to get through it because I enjoy the story? Girl, it is like, thick. It is multiple parts. It is it is yeah and it's not a traditional story either it's like it the first book ends in a really weird spot i feel like it would be a really bad uh jump into sci-fi for you like i think you would not enjoy that but if you watch the movie the movie is the new movie is like that was my favorite movie of 2021 Um, And I wasn't like a big Dune fan, but like I saw Mm -hmm. that and I was like, okay, that was a really good movie because I too uh, saw Timothy, (laughs) Timothy, (laughs) I can't pronounce the name. I'm sorry. Timothy. I think it's Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) It's Timothy Chalamet. Maybe it's, it's French. That just makes me think of that Key and Peele sketch. Timothy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, yeah, that, it, I mean, he's an attractive actor. So I feel like if Elle started there, that might seduce an, her I Aries mean, brain. I don't, don't want to say anything mean about him. I don't want to say anything mean about him, but I mean, he's okay looking. Well, yeah, there, he's not plenty, your type. There's but, plenty of other well. good looking fellows in that movie, though. There's Oscar Isaac. Oh, there's, God, yeah. Uh, there's, I should say, Daddy Isaac. <laughs> um, there's, I, like, uh, I like how we're trying to sell this movie based on is there any hot guys in okay, it? For first me to of look all, at? you are a fire sign, so don't. And, do not second, even. I just want to say I read thick books. I'm just not into sci-fi. I know you read thick books. You've read Outlander how many times? A lot. Okay, look, the book might be falling apart. 
That's kind of sci-fi. I also read the first book of Game of Thrones, but it's literally time travel. It's kind of sci-fi. Yeah, but I mean, I'll I'll agree with that. It's such a small piece of it, though, because like in the first book, no, you're just distracted by all the romance and and (laughs) sexy Scottish man. He's Scottish, right? He is Scottish, and it's good history. It's really good history telling of that time. So you're just flim flam literally you can't be like that's when people are like oh i'm kind of pregnant you can't be kind of pregnant you either are sci-fi or you aren't sci-fi There's literal time travel in the, if you want to know like out, outlanders in the fiction section probably because it does cross so Pride many and genres. prejudice is in the fiction section no but i'm just saying like i find books that cross a lot of genres tend to find themselves in the fiction section because there's they can't really be defined by a yeah but they are like a... <laughs> it's well, time so, travel. So the reason we're we're pitching you the movie as opposed to the book is the movie you at least have you know some nice like you have nice looking guys that you can look at. You have a visual encouragement. You get the visuals. Um <laughs> I just I just found it funny. I'm like I like how this movie's being sold to me solely on like is this guy a 10 out of 10 <laughs> dude matthew literally called him daddy isaac okay like like i i i can appreciate a good looking fella so yeah oh yeah isaac, me too. With, with that like that was it that was the manliest beard i've ever seen like i want a beard. okay well you know i'm gonna say this i do like a good beard i don't like a, a mustache like i don't want a plain mustache but like a mustache. beard i really do like beards no, so. th- th- this is like that. Yeah. Like not not a Gandalf beard, but Okay, well I don't <laughs> Let me this. this is a show about writing. I don't want a Gandalf beard. <laughs> that was okay, the wrong okay. Comparison. First off, L, I have a real question. If Gandalf okay. the Grey was like, hey girl, what's up? Uh, are you telling me fucking Gandalf? Are you it's telling Gandalf. me you would say no? Gandalf, I'm just saying when I'm walking down. That's the right. Street, you like, would boink that dirty wizard and you know it. But it's Gandalf. I'm saying if I was walking down the street and some guy with a Gandalf beard came up to me, I was like, hey girl, what's up? And I was like, uh yeah, gotta go. You what if he told you he was a wizard? I believe him because Gandalf is one of a kind and he only exists. He is in not one Earth. of a kind, he is one of four. Get out of the room right now. But also, you don't want someone in contemporary like stuff to come up and say, "Hey, I'm a wizard," because that means something completely <laughs> yeah, different. That's a bad one. <laughs> this has become an episode of Criminal Minds. I feel like we should just like stop this and start again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, All they, right, the tag for this episode is going to be L with and off the gray. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're gonna sell the show <laughs> now no yeah, but not in real life don't come up to ellen say that you're a wizard you really have to be gandalf see that that's the title of the episode is elwood boink gandalf and matthew <laughs> thinks oscar isaac is daddy isaac <laughs> end of episode we covered everything goodbye Conclusion: <laughs> sci-fi is bay <laughs> sci-fi is bay <laughs> um, oh. but so just so but on the on the topic of dune um yeah see how i segued there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you um but that was a it, it was a concept of resource control and mm-hmm. you know there was no money it was hey this commodity of spice yeah 
like that's that's what's important so for me um i uh my nasa contact suggested that you know there needed to be something tangible that humanity relied on that would be the resource and so mine became uh fuel or in this case it was a quantum energy let me ask you a question when you're writing Mm sci-fi do you ever feel like well, I shouldn't put this out in the world, but YOLO, it's going to be someone else's <laughs> problem later. <Yep. laughs> um, I was more on that vein in Maven Knight trilogy because yeah. that that one, I didn't have any techno sources. So there was a lot of just, hmm, let me look at this on Google. That sounds smart. Okay, I'm putting that in the book, whether it's correct or not. <laughs> no, I meant like, you know, you're giving people ideas oh uh yeah, yeah. Th- i guess that would be a yolo because you know th- I, we can say that Matthew for all of romeo us, responsible for the downfall <laughs> of mankind i mean that's that that would be my my perfect author legacy <laughs> no i'm <laughs> oh, kidding <God>. i'm kidding <laughs> some people want to watch the world burn ellen i just want to watch it learn like damn <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> no it's uh, that's that's an interesting question, though, because I it's I haven't really thought about that, like putting these techno ideas out in the world and, you know, worrying that like, oh, someone might say, hey, th- you know what this sword needs? Energy. <laughs> so Not that it can cut better. Not a quote like another uh, sci-fi book, but um, <laughs> this is kind of the movie here, but. <laughs> You spend so much time thinking about if you could. You never thought about if you should. should. <laughs> Which I, I don't technically think that's in the book. It's not. It's a gold yeah. bloom thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a daddy gold bloom thing. Oh, yeah, daddy gold bloom. <laughs> Except have you ever seen the fly? Mm, I've seen images <laughs> of him in the fly, and yeah, yeah. no. It literally haunts. Haunts yeah. to this day. <laughs> so many moons uh, later. So many moods, but yeah, so that, that line, I, I do try to live my life by that line. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do it. And I think yeah. that's a lesson that a lot of people, organizations, companies really need to take to heart in this yeah, day and yeah, age. Sure. Because On a darker pe- note, just because you can mm-hmm. fuck Gandalf the Grey doesn't mean you <laughs> And we're back. Once in a lifetime experience, folks. I'm I'm not saying I win it, but I'm a Pisces, okay? (laughs) It's pretty much just throwing darts at the board and seeing what sticks. Just because you should. Get off the gray doesn't mean you shouldn't. I would, though. That's a t shirt. Well, it's our next merch item. Yeah. Come to the shop. Use the code Gandalf. If, if you if you got if you need me to pose in my in my Gandalf hat so your Actually, artist we can need you to pose in the Gandalf shirt and the Gandalf hat and okay but but this is getting weird. <laughs> this is a show uh, about writing. Yeah. Th- <laughs> this is where our writer brains go though. Like yeah, for sure. if we're not the epitome of ADHD writers. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Oh, no. Yeah. So Swing it back to resource control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that I can at least wrap up my section. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or at least no, this section. Like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, resource control can be a, a big start, not just for science fiction, it can be for fantasy too. Um, because, you know, 
that's something that none of us really you know necessarily think about except, except nowadays me swinging back to contemporary because <laughs> we are fixing Woo. crises with supply and demand nowadays I, mean, so, I haven't noticed it over the last two years <laughs> <laughs> so there, there you go el there's your there's your next contemporary uh, world building idea lie, i stay away from all that stuff <laughs> like, i feel like this conversation this conversation is leading to romancing the COVID virus. Like, <laughs> oh, not that, again. That I was literally just thinking about that. Oh, my God. No, we're not doing it. Keep going, Matthew. <laughs> romancing Gandalf the Great. Romancing Gandalf the Great. But yeah, like what I think it's important to know what has value in, uh, in your book. Um, yeah. Whether that's science fiction, fantasy, I guess, particularly for sci-fi, what's, you know, kind of what technology, what, uh, what policies, um, uh, like in Maven Knights, uh, kind of the, the resource that I had that, that I had introduced that had value was, you know, these gems that provided energy, Mm -hmm. um, they could do specific things if they were integrated into like bits of technology. So once they're introduced, then it becomes what's the supply and demand for that? Or where does mm-hmm. the technology evolve into when they have that? Um, so really, if you start with just like this small little nugget of an idea, um, you can just naturally start branching out from there because, yeah. um, and I think that's really effective sci-fi storytelling because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel forced. It feels natural. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, like that's, that's kind of like the key to the big major sci-fi things. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Jurassic Park, you know, that that was the the resource or whatever was the embryos and the life mm-hmm. and the ability to create. And then, you know, Firefly, if you follow the comics or whatever, they re- really focus on on, you know, medical supplies and the fact mm-hmm. that there's a major class disparity there between the border planets and the inner ring and and whatever so yeah i mean that's a good way to break it down know Mm. what's a value in your your world yeah and then so just on laser swords (laughs) contemporary damascus steel swords (laughs) hear me out (laughs) laser wizard steps laser sorry, wizard no. hats yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <that's>, <laughs> uh, so <sighs> just in, in closing uh for sci- science fiction we we have the ability to conjure up these fictional elements for ideas um but great sci-fi is taking something that exists now and expanding upon it yeah well i think that's a i guess that's a good uh time now to move on to managing a large cast Mm-hmm. I'm just haunted by all the um the a Gandalf. large cast of Gandalfs. <laughs> yeah. Meg's okay, got a well, new story coming. Somehow Gandalf is gonna be in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh service notice. Any character named Gray in the future of my work <laughs> is for you, L. <laughs> we we um, know who you're talking about. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about managing a large cast. So, you know, we all know the characters are kind of my obsession. Uh, You know, I talk a lot about how important it is to, you know, make sure that you're picking your cast wisely, uh, like some sort of 
author kickball game, I guess. I don't know. And, you know, you don't want to fill your team with a bunch of flat characters that are going to offer no real advancement to the plot. So that said, sci-fi is pretty much known for having large casts. It's not surprising if you consider, say, I don't know, a spaceship um, that has a lot of tasks that need to be done. You know, and the bigger the ship, the more the people that are needed. Uh, think Star Trek and all the red shirts. Um, but, you know. Sure, I'll do it. <laughs> sci-fi <laughs> also relies heavily on, you know, a futuristic world and the technologies that come with that. And readers want to believe in what you've created. So by creating believable characters and, you know, environments for those characters within your science fiction story, you are helping your readers accept the broader world in which those characters are living. So how do you create a large cast and not have characters get lost in the mix? That's don't uh, name them all. Yeah, Gandalf. don't don't <laughs> Gandalf one, Gandalf two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a variety of names like yeah. Kyle. Like, yeah, we have Gandalfs and Kyles and Roy's oh, and Gray and Roy's and Grays. And then, I have no name that is consistent across any of my books. So, well, in the uh, holiday year, L uh, appears in my book multiple times. You do, Ooh. yeah. You oh, I do. Oh my god, how do I forget this? The crazy fan, your yeah, like oh, your different god. names, but they're you, they're all I you. Do. I forgot I do exist. Anyway, it sounds straightforward <laughs> to just create a bunch of characters, you know, all have important jobs and roles within the society that you've created, you know. Um, at least it sounds straightforward until you start um rounding them all up in one room and then you know trying to organize that chaos and the conversation and everything that ensues so on that note you know the just know that the easiest part of a large cast is going to be conversation where things uh get muddled is finding each character's personal contribution to the plot advancement you can put 70 people well don't do 70 that's intense. Oh, that's massive i'm like how do you keep up with that that's too many characters you although put, that's okay realistic large number you can put six people in a room talking and if you do your tags right people will follow it you know the hard part <laughs> is determining who says what why and when and how yeah what their they, motivation is yeah yeah who has the weirdest accent their own ideas, <laughs> their own perceptions, their own purposes, their own way yeah. of talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good luck with that. Yeah. Um, have fun. <laughs> Temporary author, don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just have six normal people sitting in a room talking. Listen. I rarely have six people in a room. Oh, oh, wait, wait. One what am I saying? Calor Glenn. Goodness. Never is mind. One person and a bunch of mirrors. Should have so, Mary. Mary's uh -oh. I love that though because I give all my characters birthdays too and I, mm -hmm. I get really like deeply into it so like I'm asking you oh is she a Sagittarius that I'm being serious like I'm <laughs> joking but am I <laughs> hold on let, let me see I have all I have the uh have it somewhere if it's I'll early November she's a Scorpio yeah, she's gonna be a yeah. Scorpio yeah yeah I can't remember she's... 
late November, then she's said Let's see. Where is They're Ra- both attractive signs. Rise's birthday. And 11, 11, 13. <laughs> okay, so yeah. 13th of November. Yeah, she's a Scorpio. She's a Scorpio, but she's like venturing towards. Yeah. The sad world, yeah. The sad world. <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> 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 sounds awful. Uh, but then you, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, the main character, he's uh, he's a uh, nine twenty five. <laughs> okay, hold on. Isn't that your birthday? No, it's not my birthday. <laughs> my birthday's the 29th. But he's 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 what is that? It's still a he's Libra. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I think we talked about Libra. Oh my gosh, right? Episode. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a September Libra. Libras. Oh no, he's a and September I... Libra, which is the <laughs> worst kind of Libra. Oh, you, you say this to the September Libra on your I know, show? I, I did. Way. I thought that was your birthday, and I was like, just like a fucking Libra to like. <laughs> choose his own birthday i say that but in the miranda rights there's a character named eddie who like i'm very vocal about is my absolute favorite character his birthday is my birthday so (laughs) he's me all his toxic obsessive yeah everybody hates him It's terrible. Every time somebody's like, I hate Eddie, I hope he dies. I'm like, oh, thank you. You punched me in the face. (laughs) Oh, that that, that was some of the fun uh, feedback I got. Some people were like, yeah, it's like some of the way that Alec talked or he thought it was ridiculous. I'm just like, thanks, guys. (laughs) Like, uh, that is a real quote from me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, because it's interesting because in going just on the topic of characters mm-hmm. um like my first like the first characters i ever created in maven knights they that i never thought of anything like that i never thought of their birthdays you know because i was just like oh i just made characters um so i didn't really apply too much of like a concrete thing of myself on them yeah whereas in this one i was like you know what this is my fourth book. I've earned a little like Easter egg nugget of like, yeah, he's a he's a September birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it was, funny. It was I'm a gonna little... make a I'm gonna make a Kyle. Uh, yeah, Kyle. Who is a, a Libra. September Libra? <laughs> and really into wizards. <laughs> that's, that's my next book, guys. You heard it here. You yeah. heard it here. I'm gonna call Kyle it something the... like Wizarding Winter. <laughs> Again, you heard it here first wizarding winter i'm writing it down <laughs> that's terrible i'm not writing that book <laughs> you no know, you're writing it you just announced yeah. it on our podcast it's happening okay but managing cast managing cast right you know um basically i'm not saying like make barista five six seven eight nine ten eleven <laughs> all the way to you know the star deer coffee place you know uh, <laughs> copyright reasons um you know uh but but you might need minor characters here and there you know just let's just get to how to manage your large cast okay so i will never say this often enough um even in a large cast you know this matters characters should exist to move the plot forward if you can take a character by themselves and they don't advance the plot or they serve no purpose, you should probably, as I would say, shove them into the wood chipper and feed them to another character. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I know we're talking about managing large <laughs> large cats here, but some some characters just have to go. I'm sorry. Um, but when you get down to it and, and you have, say, six to 20 characters or whatever, I it feels hard to name an actual number when I'm not actually looking at a manuscript, you know, because there are books that I've written that I'll be like, oh, that's a small cast. But then you go through and you're like, wait a second, there's a lot of people here, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, whether you have six or 20 people or whatever in your cast, you know, characters should never be just throwaway additions. They should contribute something to the novel. They can contribute something that is as small as, you know, little tidbits of information that are, you know, seemingly one-off scenes, um, you know, or they can have massive screen time that mm -hmm. like competing with like your main character screen time you know the greater responsibility here is to just make sure that they are contributing to the story on a larger scale and they're not just there you know it's not just about moving the plot um, but it's also about having influence on other things in your novel like conflict so in reality, this is how I feel. I feel that fewer characters are better. Like I just made a comment about wood chippering people. Um, not people, characters. I just, for legal reasons, that escalated quickly. But you, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that doesn't mean that you, being a different writer, you can't make a purpose for baristas five through 20, you know? Um, <laughs> just saying it would be really hard to have like a galactic space war with five people okay yeah and they're all baristas they have no experience and no training and they're all named Gandalf you're probably gonna have to get some soldiers in here I don't know okay there's probably gonna have to be someone to pilot the ship there's probably gonna have to be gray the mechanic <laughs> to make sure that the ship doesn't fall out of the air okay kyle the captain <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just saying uh <laughs> but you know what i'm what what i am saying here is that you know while fewer characters can be better it it's almost better to just say that you know just whittle down the active cast to a smaller handful that can represent like a greater event happening in the background. And then like, you could be like, oh, hey. And then like, there are 200 red shirts in the bottom of the ship here that are also making the ship work. And, you know. Don't... But you don't have to name all 200 of them. Yeah, but you don't have to like pass them in the hall and be like, oh, hey, Billy, hey, Kyle, hey, Greg, hey, Greg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, they don't all need acknowledged. Okay, you're, mm -hmm. you're like your opening scene is a roll call on the ship, and you're like, all right, Timothy, <laughs> Timothy, <laughs> a Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, another thing to consider is just you know if you're working in archetypes, which I like to, your character should have an archetype. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't work in archetypes, I guess this would just be like an emphasis on the type of person they are, who they are, a purpose, you know? So, you know, I'm taking the broadest of all story archetypes when I talk about this here, but okay, protagonist, antagonist, you know, and a relationship catalyst. 
those are three right off the bat, you know? So from there, you can expand further into each role that character is going to play. So maybe they're the protagonist and the antagonist. That's some Jack Skeleton shit right there, okay? <laughs> maybe they're, I've recently watched Nightmare Before Christmas, sorry. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe they're, or another one, um, Fight Club. That's another one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Or maybe they're the antagonist, but they're also the sidekick because you hate your readers and you want to betray them. Or, you know, they're the, the guardian, but they're also the catalyst for something, you know. They're, they're the love interest, but also the captor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Stockholm Center. I'm just saying, you know, so you, you really just got to think, these are just tools to think about why your cast is so large you know, and, and, and justifying their roles. Again, I don't need to know all 200 of the baristas name. I don't know why all all the baristas. (laughs) (laughs) They have a lot of baristas. Do you really just want to write a a sci-fi? Yeah, pretty much. Like it's yeah. a fuel caffeine, like yeah. it is. Yeah, you should just write a short story about the intergalactic star, star what deer. we call it, yeah. star deer ship that goes around the galaxy and delivers coffee. When it's <laughs> They're delivering people. It's the DoorDash of space. <laughs> oh God! With its two hundred baristas, <laughs> and oh, they're God. all delivering, <laughs> but they're clones, and they're all named Gray. And oh. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you can, it's Halloween. You can, they're all dressed as wizards. So this you can call it two, and the and the tile should be called Two Hundred Shades of Grey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've created a monster. Back to the question: oh, no. Do you ever feel bad putting this information out in the world? Like these ideas. <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna. Someone's write this gonna fanfic. Yep, someone is absolutely gonna write this fanfic. <laughs> yeah, but okay. So back to it. Once you recognize, you know, what role a character is playing and why they're playing that in the totality of all your cast there, you know, you have, hey, this is why this person does this, this leads to this, and you get to your climax, you know, and then you're able to prioritize characters from there, right? You know, what is their role in the climax? You know, you have this, this chance at the ultimate payoff, you know, where you just have oh, look at all this foreshadowing that was completely on purpose and didn't actually <laughs> accidentally stumble into while I, I was totally didn't write this justifying backwards. all these characters, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but, you know, in the climax is going to dictate, you know, what elements deserve a place in in all the previous acts and stuff. It's just like this, this domino effect of things. And it's really based on how effective your character's roles are and why they're there. If you have a bunch of characters that are just around you know people are gonna be like dude whatever happened to author or arthur like what is what is he doing what's his his purpose why do we even he's meet in the him? car while everyone's getting beat up okay yeah why, why why do we even meet that guy okay why is brand king of the iron kingdoms listen yeah, we don't okay? know but Game of Thrones is like a good um, example of that because there are so many characters there in there. There are so many characters. And yep. do you know how long I spent tinfoil hatting it trying to to define Can I see why, the tinfoil hat? why people were doing things? 
And I was like, you know, Charlie Daying it. Okay. <laughs> I want to see those charts too, please. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll say, okay, the, the books have a much larger cast than the show does. They actually merged characters mm. together to, you know, streamline it in the show. Streamline it. Also, for show. money purposes, probably they didn't want to pay all those actors. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but it worked. Yeah. You know, it worked. They had to make it work for financial reasons. <laughs> Listen, I am all I'm about that wood magic. chipper. You will not, you will not talk me down off the wood chipper. Okay, there have been That's there have been characters so that have been smart and kicked into it. Can we just say that sentence out of context? I'm so bad. You cannot talk me down. Yeah. Off That's yeah. the title of the episode. I feel like the people that uh, listened to last week's episode will be like, well, I was going to say L is the most toxic, but now it's Meg. Meg, <laughs> the toxic. Wait till you listen to our podcast with DM Matthew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> But, you know, with that, you know, the the other fear of having a large cast is, um, you know, or the problem if you don't define these roles, because again, large casts are good if you can handle them, you know, but you don't want your readers to just lose who they're rooting for. The larger your cast is, you know, the more names they have to remember, the more purposes they have to remember, the more arcs they have to remember, you know, and really what you're trying to do is ground this important story whatever it is you're trying to say you want to ground that in your protagonist and you don't want to distract from that more than you have to unless of course you're trying to do that you know but (laughs) (laughs) that that's where uh i will agree on the point of like with dune um -hmm. dune doesn't have a huge cast if you think about it like at least confined yeah it, it really just focuses on like paul uh mm-hmm. jessica you know some some other people in house of trade daddy isaac in there yeah da- daddy isaac yes. <laughs> you even know who he is l get out she, she's just gonna call him daddy isaac even in yeah. the book <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but yeah that that's a good example of like it could have really gotten out of hand mm-hmm. like they could have just introduced like all these different people like that were we don't know who to root for but at least it focused on you know paul and his family yeah Uh, on the flip side of that this is my big my biggest grievance with the wheel of time and why i just cannot get into it (laughs) is that there's too many characters yeah well it it gets daunting it gets over aggressive it gets exhausting Mm. you know with 14 books too (laughs) yeah you know it can it can feel like a lot Mm -hmm. um i mean al and i talk about lord of the rings all the time but that's a really good example of a large cast that still keeps the focus on the protagonist you know at no Mm -hmm. point are you like well who's this frodo guy you know (laughs) who he is you know Um, and and lord of the rings did a smart thing too where like it split them off into different groups but each group had a specific protagonist so it wasn't like oh gimli legless aragorn all have their own povs it was like no it was aragorn's pov for that section well and aragorn (laughs) was are like arguably just as important as frodo you know Mm -hmm. like i hate frodo but yeah i'm just (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I never lost track of the fact that Frodo was gonna end up in that mountain. Okay. 
But plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> did we did we all know that he was gonna pull that in the mountain? I had my suspicions. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. But <laughs> wow, this is getting real. Uh, Sam. Okay, Sam is the hero. Sam. Yeah, actually, I mean, really, he is. He's such he a is the hero, and without Frodo, Sam, wouldn't have gotten far without Sam. Oh, he, he no, would not he, have. He, he would have. have. He would have caved to the ring. Let's all be honest. Mm-hmm. Or given it away to the first wraith that was like, "What's up, dude?" Yeah. Like, yep. I'm just yeah. saying. Okay. Anyway. Okay. If you're gonna have a big cast and another, we can't. We always get off topic here. I hope our listeners enjoy enjoy our the chaos that is this. But okay, uh, another thing for big cast to remember is you know you really want to space out your character introductions. Mm-hmm. Please do not dump your whole cast into the first three thousand words of your chapter. You know, like Oops. or not chapter of your book. Okay, that's a that's a chapter length. You know, like depending on how short your chapter depending is. on your book, that could be a chapter. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want one chapter that is just like, and here is Aragorn, and here is Legolas, and here is Gandalf the Grey. Oh, you know, it's <laughs> like, there's mm. no way one there's no way that your readers unless they're taking notes are going to remember all of those facts back to back to back but mm. also you know when you information dump like that people kind of start to skim at least i do you know I do. and you can be missing a lot of important things so then when they come back they're like okay i know who daenerys is but who the hell is Rhaenerys? Daenerys, <laughs> is that not the same person <laughs> why do they all have the same names yeah and then there's just someone named neris like really like there's come on. fifty thousand Aegons and viserises so yes. can we what? all stop naming them Aegon? like all right sorry <laughs> off topic <laughs> yeah but you know just carefully plan your chapters to introduce characters as they become necessary to the overall plot you know, you don't have to introduce everybody all at once. You can stagger them and you can, you know, talk about people who, you know, maybe aren't as important as your protagonist, but, you know, introduce side characters and then introduce your antagonist and then introduce, you know, or even reintroduce characters, you know, mm-hmm. so readers know who are key to the plot. And, you know, as tough as this might be to hear, you might need to expand your word count. So to get readers to truly know your characters and understand their purpose, it is vital to make sure that you have space to make them memorable. I I am one of those people that I tend to be very short-winded in my first draft. And it's later when I go back and I think, oh, hey, I probably need a little more introductions and this is important, blah, blah, blah. And I go back and I, I thicken up those parts, you know, um, but sometimes you just have to have those extra words. And again, like you reintroducing them or redescribing them, not every time we see the character, you know, but every couple chapters or whatever to make sure that these things are known. The industry standard for sci-fi novel is 50 to 150 K. So that is just a lot of room to play with, especially if you have a very large cast. Mm-hmm. And finally, I know I've been talking about wood chippers, but my favorite rule is rule of lamp. Honest to God, if you look at your cast 
if you look at your script and at any point a character can be replaced by a literal freaking lamp and the novel remains the same and nothing changes but the lighting you need to get rid of them a large cast is absolutely great and fun to play with. You can create different personalities and, and touch other readers and, and whatever, you know. But at the end of the day, you don't want unnecessary characters and you don't really want to figure out ways to keep including them in the plot. So just think about why are they here? What are they trying to say? Are they a freaking lamp, you know? <laughs> And Are they a freaking Gandalf? I'm just, <laughs> hey, my man. Gandalf's very important, you know, but like, you know, just too long didn't read. When it comes to managing large casts, you know, it's really just about streamlining who is the most important in that big cast and making sure that everything your characters do, contribute, says, or whatever is advancing the plot and the conflict of the novel. Whew, that's probably the Whew. longest first half of a show that we've ever had. <laughs> because we have and I hate it, everyone. We're just at the commercial break. So let's break for that. And when we come back, we will talk about race and race relations in sci-fi. Hey, Meg. Hey, Elle. Remember when we said we wanted to start a podcast, but didn't know where to start? Yep. And then we heard about Anchor, you know, the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. <laughs> I sure do. And it's been great. We can record, upload, and even schedule the days our podcast releases. Everyone should check it out. Easy podcasting, free hosting. Join the growing number of podcasters who are using Anchor worldwide today. Welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. We are here with Matthew S. Romeo talking about the sci-fi genre. Before the break, we covered the mechanics of writing sci-fi as well as managing the 200 baristas on your spaceship. <laughs> All named Gandalf. Also known as Large Cass. <laughs> with, now, with Daddy Isaac. We're going to talk about race and race relations in sci-fi. Okay. I know that it's been a long podcast. Uh, you guys have had a lot of information to take in, a lot of weird um, new things. That Chippers. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like apparently I would give Gandalf a try. Um, <laughs> me too. I, you know, I was actually a little bit surprised that I was all in on that, but here we are. Um, we're adamantly all in on it. I like, was. Viewers, if you I, if and, listeners could see your face. And the, the thing is, is that I mean it. I really am all in on that. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but but we you know and I like I mean I feel bad we tend to always like go along whenever it's Matthew uh we're either almost Bl like, blame me or, or we're going over I know Matthew it's okay you got you've been you've been on our show enough now I think to understand that we are gonna automatically Matthew is a special treat for our viewership okay because yeah. We have a fun or time. <laughs> he has these amazing ideas and like perceptions yeah. on things. You know, that's why we keep inviting him back. But yes, it we is. talk a lot with him because it's a discussion. <laughs> I don't, yeah. just I don't just read from scripts, guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> and in fact, the, show. The, <laughs> the next round table that we have on the IG live, mm -hmm. we should make Matthew come. Well, actually, um, but you say you make Matthew come. Yeah, I feel we'll like I feel like, when, I feel like when this comes out, this will be in far enough. But starting in the new year, 
um, we started these roundtable discussions, but adding into those roundtable discussions, I'm actually hoping to do a segment called Being Indie, which is mm-hmm. basically being like just having a chat about being an indie author, our experiences, yeah. the highs, how we're the lows, poor. How well, we're poor, we talk how about needs to go fund me for her hair. <laughs> I mean, well, we talked about um, interviewing indie authors. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, I'm I'm hoping, you know, hopefully, I mean, Matthew doesn't know us yet. It's all just going to come out now. I'm hoping that Matthew will actually be our first guest. Um, you're with, on uh, our list with uh, with the guest we had last week DM because I thought the four of us, because we're all, you know, talk very naturally. It would be a good yeah. start into that uh, pro. Into DM that. doesn't know either. Someone should text her. Doesn't. Yeah, someone should text her. That's okay. She'll find out later. You and if, and if you need a, if you need a fifth. My, my boy Sean. Wait, can you yeah. do five people on IG Live? Oh, I don't think so. I think it's only yeah. four. Four, only but four. we can talk for a little bit and then kick Matthew out. Yeah, we'll yep. just get rid of him. Yeah, just kick yeah, me out. We, we did we did a great live actually last Sunday um mm-hmm. with Sean. It was really good. It was yeah, so it was. yeah. It was he's so a fun, fun time. He's he's so much fun, and he's also he's also really knowledgeable too. That's that's yeah, why I yeah. uh, figured he'd be really great on y'all show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For people okay. listening, that Sean scribes on Instagram. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> and on TikTok as well. He does do TikToks as well. I knew that. King, okay, King so race and relations. Let's yes, go. let's get going. Okay, <laughs> so you know, I feel like I always really put myself in a in a corner when I say that I'm a contemporary romance writer, but I mean, I just feel like it's true. You know, I've definitely read some sci-fi romance in my day. I'm not going to say that I just finished. <laughs> <laughs> but i will say i uh, i you know i will openly admit the last three books i read were ice planet barbarian books which you're welcome <laughs> that's all i would say is you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> who knows what they Interesting. are ice planet ice barbarian planet ice, what ice planet Bar- you know what a- after the show we're gonna have a conversation yeah. about it with you matthew um I've also used to uh I also used to really love this app called Lovestruck. Unfortunately, it oh, is Lovestruck. not an app. Atlas. It hurts. My my heart is still aching that they are no longer available. It was so good. But one of my favorite stories was the Starship Promise, which is a sci-fi, and Atlas yeah. was my favorite as well. Favorite Dude, Atlas. I have to tell Matthew, Atlas was the broody whiskey drinking pilot. <laughs> yeah, he's so hot. <laughs> I was Salt so pepper hair. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like blonde, but he and was again, moody. It was like uh, the storyline was like this perfect grumpy sunshine trope. Yeah. Oh, so good. Anyway, <laughs> but one of the things that I really loved about that particular app and that story, um, I read them all before the app went away. But something I really loved was the fact that they had different races. And mm-hmm. while these stories didn't necessarily get into like the nitty gritty of how all these races interacted and stuff like that, because it's it's a romance, you know, it's not about all these extra political things. It really was about the romance with like a little bit of action shoved in there for, you know, I guess whatever sake to keep it interesting. But it was actually, but it was still very interesting to see how they populated the worlds with different races. Some looked more human than others. Some looked more alien. Some were robots. Like it was very, it was really cool. But, you know, I just want to say like, whenever you're making up a world, I always like to say, think about the world that we live in. Like the world we live in is so diverse, full of different people, different colors, Mm -hmm. different thoughts, different views. And, and so even whenever you're creating a made up world, 
to help with that humanizing factor, which also draws readers in, you do really want to think about how can I make it relate to the world that we know? And Matthew kind of Mm -hmm. touched on that earlier whenever he was talking about starting with the modern world and working your way out. Yeah. So obviously we've talked about this before on other shows, how novels are actually a great way to talk about real real world issues in a more mm. relatable way mm-hmm. um and as always i like to go back to lord of the rings I oh love. god the gandalf's coming, <laughs> gandalf's coming back <sighs> gandalf the end okay bye <laughs> end of the podcast and uh no no what i was actually gonna say is you know he made a very relatable world even though middle earth mm-hmm. is obviously fake <laughs> completely fake mm-hmm. um I just but, love how clever that was named Middle Earth. Like, not like a where, straight up. Where's world. top Earth or bottom yeah. Earth? <laughs> Middle. Left Middle. Earth. Uh, <laughs> All right. But he really did take real world issues mm-hmm. um, and like such as the world wars yeah. um, at the time, because obviously this book is a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. When he's yeah. Not, I'm not as old as the books, though. I just want to say that. Wait. But he even. <laughs> um, but and he even did touch on race relations in his mm-hmm. books and not and all of his races weren't human. So, you know, right. really interesting. So, I mean, I guess the question then becomes, how do you go about creating race in your novels? Well, there are some very basic things to consider, which is like language, clothing, history, gods, if there are any, or maybe they're atheist and they don't believe in any sort of religion social behaviors what kind of technology how advanced even in sci-fi like i've seen you know some worlds are way less advanced than Mm -hmm. other worlds so you can definitely go that route uh weapons alliances and enemies politics and Mm -hmm. of course right down to physical appearance so as well as creating a whole race or even multiple races, um, it has a lot of parts on top of all those things that I mentioned. You may also have to start thinking about some harder things like stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes to history, you might want to think about like, what do they have a history of? Do they have a history of enslaving other races? That's going to obviously play a role in race relations and, and that kind yeah, of the stuff. reception could- of that cling on to the rest of the party like yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um you know what i mean these aren't always pleasant things to consider or mm-hmm. think about but you know history isn't always going to be this happy thing i mean look at our our yeah. world history it's not mm-hmm. the happiest history thing. is history is not squeaky clean and yeah. the whole like trying to hide or erase certain parts of it it's like no like that's that's not what we should be doing it's like we should be like we should say hey this is what happened it was an issue but it this is what happened yeah Mm -hmm. and also maybe the whole point of your book is to resolve some of those historical Mm -hmm. issues like exactly depends what you're writing right um and maybe and some people even go as far as taking actual historical events and kind of turning them into something sci-fi and coming to a resolution on something on earth that's not resolved you know mm-hmm. just because you can and you know and I mean it's very interesting um to see that anyways yeah. I also want to say don't be afraid to play with skin color um you know like we talked about this in our people of color episode which is that like you don't have to be afraid to say that someone is darker skinned or lighter skinned or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever color it is, you can pick any color. 
Um, but something that you might want to think about is things like colorism. You know, do you have a society of people who are blue and depending on the shade of blue you are will determine what you have access to, you know, mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways to take real world issues and place them into a genre that you love. And you can definitely educate about all kinds of issues that are right. important to you through your works and in any genre. <laughs> yeah. So I will say, regardless of your goal, populating your novel with a variety of races just makes your story more interesting, mm -hmm. more deep. Um, remember, people travel the world to go experience new cultures, so they will definitely be interested in exploring your made-up world if it's full of unique and diverse characters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Like, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite characters to write and clearly one of the characters that latched on to a bunch of people Ferenius was the bug man. Uh, I'm already out though. He's a bug. <laughs> I well, so like bugs. Well, he's, he's like a mix of a crab and a bug. Uh, I don't know about that. Mean, he lost yeah, me a crab. Is he a cancer? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> no, I don't think. <laughs> but like, I, I developed him um, as the as, as the ship's cook, um, and he just his whole he's actually really tidy he's really like he's not nasty he's not gross he's really like he loves his craft he like he literally broke away from his warrior tradition to learn how to cook Aww, because he felt like because like <laughs> he felt it was more important to provide rather than to take Oh, oh no, you can't see him and he's a bug. <laughs> and there you go. That's what I got everybody. Oh, you can have Gray the mechanic. I'm gonna go with the cook. He oh, wants okay. to see. I, the I'm world still thrive. definitely more into Gray, so that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I will go. Gray, with sound, Gray sounds like he's gonna hurt time. my feelings. Unless he's a cancer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cancer's listening. I don't have any any blood with you. <laughs> No, it's it's the it's us Libras that she has an issue with. <laughs> Libras are fine. My parents are Libras. Okay, I. No, she says me. through clenched teeth. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, are they're fine. October Libras and you're a September Libra, which can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah listen, <laughs> the only I love all the zodiacs except for Aquariuses. I'm just kidding. <laughs> poor Craig. Yeah, poor Craig. No, that was for him. They're fine. Craig it's Crash on uh, Craig Crash TV on Instagram, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Tell me sucks for being Aquarius. I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> it's really about the big three, okay? I'm not so shallow. See, that the, the, this you're is Leo. I'll hate you. No, I just want to know the rest. What would we consider this zodiacism? Like the pre zodiac prejudice against <laughs> prejudice against another zodiac. Listen, I I have just I have learned my lesson, okay? There is a pattern that is happening here. Okay? I'm Boy, just that's saying. that's just stereotyping, Megan. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. What does the bug chef feel about it? <laughs> what's, his, what's his zodiac sign? Yeah, he's when's a his zodiac right, He's a hold fire on. sign, isn't he? Hold when on, what's his birthday? I gotta find him. I like how he's attracted to him, so he's probably a fire sign, but he's nice. You gotta know what the bug man's birthday is. He's nice, so he might be a Virgo or a Taurus. What is Golot's birthday? Oh, 12.07. He's a Sagittarius. 
<laughs> that checks out. Listen, I don't know out. how I do it. I am like strictly attracted to fire signs. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. We gotta know what is what is the sign of this mechanic that we were talking about? Do we ever give him a birthday? He's a Leo. Oh, <laughs> I'm guessing. What is he? <laughs> Two fire signs should not go together. We're just gonna like. Okay, first of all, Leos and Aries are like the most compatible. So don't even. Don't don't attempt, L. Okay, you've embarrassed yourself. Oh, I mean, haven't you seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Zuko and no. Aang become best friends. Oh, I guess spoiler. I guess spoiler. You made Sorry. it so nerdy. I'm just kidding. Please come back <laughs> on her show. When is the Bugman's birthday? Oh, amazing. And what's his name? I don't want to call him Buggy. Golat. Uh, Goloth. Goloth. Yeah, Goloth. Oh, Goloth. Oh, it's Goloth. I thought it was Goloth. Oh, wow. Yeah, Goloth. G-O. You said that name like 40 different times. He actually has a much longer name, but that's just what people can pronounce. Oh, God, I love him even more. (laughs) Because he can't speak. What? Did you ever see the fifth element? Oh, yes, I love fifth element. She says, (laughs) Corbin Dallas. When is his birthday? I don't know what's happening. Oh, go off. Twelve oh seven. Yeah. Oh. He's a Sag. Oh no, no. Sorry, Gray, the mechanic. Gray. Uh, I don't have a Gray the mechanic. <laughs> no, oh, we, we made, made him, him up. Him so I'm saying we need yeah, to come guys... up with his zodiac yeah. sign. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let me. Let me get it. Uh, August twelfth. Oh come on! <laughs> come on! <laughs> I said it. It's on the podcast. It's it's real. It's now. It's, it's, a, it's canon. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, all right well i guess i'm going with the leo yeah. <laughs> all right but this was a great episode guys it was a great discussion i'm super disturbed that l's into ganoff gray but thank Ooh, you la, la. to everyone who has listened this far you're the true vips as a reminder <laughs> i'm meg my work is on wattpad under megan alexandria i am most active on instagram at author megan alexandria you can find me on TikTok under author Megan Alexandria now and just go to there, go to there, <laughs> go to my profiles. There's a link in them. You can get shipped off. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a link in my bio that leads get shipped you to- off to the wood chipper. <laughs> it's a side. <laughs> yeah, there's a link in my bio that leads to the wood chipper. No. Link in my bio. You can find all my work and all the social media sites I'm on. It's there. Um, yeah, I do want to plug real fast because we didn't have this uh last week ellen i now have a website officially it's uh www.sywwrite.com that's Mm -hmm. so you want to write.com so you can go you can buy our merch if you use the code ipatch for this month which is october through november you get 15 percent off of our merchandise if you don't know what eye patch means, you need to go back an episode and listen to the horrible person that L is. It's two episodes. I was nine. I was it's nine. Fine. I was and nine. we forgive you. <sighs> okay, well, I'm L. I'm the monster, but I'm also a writer on Wattpad under L Meredith Writes. The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, and you can follow me there at lmeredith.writes. In my bio, there's a link that will take you to everything that I've got, TikTok, Discord, writing, everything. So just head there, check out what I've got to offer. If you are Gandalf, specifically, <laughs> my DMs, please. If, if I hope you Gandalf. get so many weird wizard picks. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going 
going to be from Matthew who's made up like a bunch of accounts to troll me. I'm just going to send you pictures of the wizard hat. That's (laughs) yeah. If you send L weird wizard pics, I will make a special coupon code for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Again, a big thank you to our guests. We always love having you on our show and we are so happy that you're back on our podcast. Obviously, as you can tell, we already have plans for you on the future of our show. So please expect Matthew to come back. And if you like him, Tune into IGTV every Sunday. But for now, Matthew, why don't you once again just plug yourself and your work? <laughs> sure thing. Um, so, yeah, my name is Matthew Romeo. Um, you can find uh, all of my work on Amazon for ebook and paperback. I have four books out. Um, I'm primarily active on Instagram at matthew.s.romeo. Uh, you can find all my links in my bio. I'm also slowly integrating into YouTube. So, you can find some of my uh, shorts on YouTube or their, their reels turned into YouTube shorts. Yeah. yeah, Um, (laughs) because, uh, yes, please. Um, so I, and it's just, uh, Matthew Romeo on YouTube, uh, because IGTV just decided to turn all of those videos into reels and it's not great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, guys, next week, we're going to be talking about writing strong main characters. That's all I got. Same time, Sounds same place. Great. We want to see you there. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank y'all. So you are now a